Hey folks, thank you for joining us. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors at Clearview Community Church. Have you ever been a part of a team building exercise or maybe a sports team and you thought to yourself, I don't really have as much to offer as other people. I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I've had that happen often. See, I sit with other pastors who from my perspective are more talented, more gifted, more charismatic. They seem to have it all together. I have at times what we call imposter syndrome, that little voice that says I don't match up or I should try harder. I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about. And as a result, I don't want to step out into new things sometimes and I'm afraid of failure. It's safer for me to stay in control and what ends up happening is I stifle what God wants to do in my life. Well, here's the truth that I want us to grab hold of today. I heard another pastor say this, God can do more with what you surrender than he can when you are in control. If you have your Bible, please grab it and turn to Luke chapter nine. And here's what we're gonna do today. We're going to read the entire section and then I want us to unpack a few truths for our lives. My hope is you will see today from this story that God wants to work through you when you surrender control to him. So here we go, Luke 9, verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them. John's gospel says he had compassion on them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him. So this would be like uh, the music has stopped. The pastor gets up to speak. It's 930. Then it rolls into 11. It says late in the afternoon. So now it's maybe one o'clock and you're worried that you have uh, turkey or chicken in the oven and it's gonna burn and it's three o'clock and Jesus has been speaking for a long time. So the disciples come to him and they said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countrysides and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. Now we read that and at first glance, that sounds very concerning. Hey Jesus, we're concerned for the people. I mean, your sermon is great, so no complaints here. But the people, you know, Jesus, they're getting hungry. They need some, some to find some food. And because you know, Jesus, what happens when people get hungry and it's been a long day, they get hangry. And well, we don't want people getting like that. We're thinking about them, Jesus. It sounds very concerning. Well, Jesus turns to them in verse 13. He replied, you give them something to eat. They And they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. Now this is how the Jewish people counted groups. They would count the head of the household. So really there are women and children. There could be upwards to 15 to 20,000 people there. But he said to the disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. The disciples did so and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke them. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. 
Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Let's, let's look at a few things from this passage today. The first thing that is interesting is the context of the story. It starts by saying the disciples returned and gave a report. Well, they returned from where? Well, Jesus had just sent them out on an official mission to share his message of hope to the surrounding villages, to heal people, to cast out demons. And they come back, and in this moment, they give a report presumably that people are actually healed and that the demons obey. We're actually gonna see in the next chapter of Luke, when Jesus sends them out again, they come back and they report, even the demons obey us. So they have seen Jesus do amazing things and they themselves have seen God work through them. Yet, in this moment, the disciples could not see past the limitations of the lack of provision. Jesus had told them when he sent them out on mission not to bring any money, not to bring any extra clothes, not to bring any supplies. He wanted them to trust and depend on God for provision. They return, they give a report, and then they forget all God's provision for them. How many times have I done this in my own life? I pray for God to provide a need, and he does. I pray for a member of our church family to be healed, and they're healed. I pray for lives to be transformed, and they're transformed. Yet, when the next obstacle comes, how quickly I forget that the same Jesus who provided then can provide now. The disciples come back and they forget God's provision and the miraculous he had did through them. In verse 13, they say to Jesus, we only have five loaves and two fish. The Gospel of John tells us is actually a little boy's kind of lunchable, we'll say. The disciples had found one person who was prepared. Now, I'm actually assuming it wasn't the boy that was prepared. I'm assuming his mama had some foresight and packed him a lunch. And so now the disciples are bringing this little lunch to Jesus. Remember, how many people are we told are in attendance? 5,000, representing the men. So this little boy wasn't even included in that count. I want you to catch this. The one who was not counted provided the means for the miracle to take place. So many people I speak to don't think they have anything to offer. I want you to grab hold of this. Don't think just because you have been told you don't count or that you don't have much. I don't want you to believe God can't do amazing things with what you bring to him. God, I come to you, but I don't have much. God, I come to you and I'm still struggling in some areas. God, I'm not as talented as that other person, but God, this is all I have. Remember, God can do more with what you surrender than he can when you are in control. See, God looks at you and says, yes, I can do something with that. And the disciples look at this little lunch, they look at the boy, they look at themselves, and they look back at Jesus and they're thinking, not a chance. They forget who they're speaking to. But Jesus blesses and uses things that in the natural are not enough. A miracle by definition is just that. It is beyond the natural. And Jesus is looking for us to surrender what we have to him. So Jesus has them sit down, we read, in groups of 50. And as he takes the five loaves and two fish, can you picture the disciples counting with me? One, two, three, four, five, 49, 50. Hey, hey, what are we doing? Uh, is Jesus gonna give us something to eat? No idea, please sit down. Just, just wondering what Jesus is doing. We're not, we don't know, would you just listen and please sit down? Can you imagine trying to get them all to sit? 
I love this. Jesus has them sit down in smaller groups. He's getting them organized. Jesus has them, catch this, prepare for the miracle before the miracle has taken place. He is getting them ready. And some of you listening, that is what he is doing in your life right now. Because you'll pray things like this. God, I want to be married. And God would say, you aren't ready and I'm still working on you. Or we pray things like, God, I want a higher paying, higher profile job. And God would say, sorry, you need to honor me in the job you're in now and with the finances I've blessed you with now. So catch this. In some cases, God is preparing you. He is setting you up before the miracle occurs. Just because you haven't seen the miracle doesn't mean God is not going to do something. Maybe God is getting you ready. Friends, don't overlook the preparation period. So picture this with me. Jesus, here are five loaves of bread and two fish. People are sitting down all over this field and Jesus takes it, he blesses it, he breaks it, he gives them each back a piece. Can you see the reactions of the disciples? Jesus, this is actually less than you gave me. I, I, I know we're to go feed these people. Can you imagine Peter going with this small piece of bread and saying, okay, now take a little piece. And he goes to the next person, he says, take a little piece. And he goes to the next person, he says, take a little piece, don't take too much. Can you picture this? And as they're walking around to each group, the pieces of fish and bread don't get smaller. And as they break off a piece, they still have bread. And as they feed one group of 50, they move to the next group of 50, and they still have fish. I want you to notice something here. This is so important to catch. In whose hands does the miracle take place? See, the miracle doesn't take place in the hands of the master. The miracle was multiplied in the hands of the disciples. At this moment, everyone knows this is not enough food. These little loaves and these small fish, What can that do for such a large crowd? But when Jesus blesses it, everything changes. Catch this. Jesus is the source of the miracle, but it didn't occur until the disciples did what the master told them to do. When we do what we can with our limited resources out of obedience to God, God supplies our needs from his unlimited resources. The catch here is that God doesn't really need us. He lets us be a part of what he's doing. See, sometimes we look for a miracle to take place. We want change to happen. We want God to do something, something amazing. And the entire time he is waiting for us to surrender to him because he wants to work through our hands. So we say things like, God, I pray that you would help those who are in need. God, I pray that you would help that single mom who is struggling. Would you provide for her? God, I pray your message of love would reach our community for those who need to hear it. All the while, God has placed the means to the miracle in your hands. You see, we worry about the outcome, but Jesus is telling us to surrender what I have given you and watch me work through you. Jesus places the food in the hands of the disciples and they feed this multitude. What do you think this did to the disciples' faith? It should have grown their faith. For those uh, who are followers of Jesus, you need to understand the greatest excitement and fulfillment you will ever experience is watching God work through you. Jesus didn't tell them to start a capital campaign, to collect enough funds, or buy food to take care of everyone. 
In the Gospel of John, Jesus simply asked them where they are going to find enough bread to feed all these people. You see, Jesus was kind of testing them to see what they were willing to bring forward. He asked them, what do you have? Folks, the little things you surrender to God can be used by him in ways you can't imagine. That small financial blessing you gave someone, God can bless it for greater things. That time you spent serving people, God blesses it and he multiplies it. God takes that kind word, that short time you spent in prayer with someone, and he multiplies it. The important step is to first surrender to Jesus whatever he has given you. Don't underestimate what Jesus can do when you surrender whatever you have to him. Now, how many of you have ever had to do inventory at work? Isn't that a fun job? Well, at the end of this amazing miracle, the disciples kind of do a little bit of inventory. And we are told they collect 12 baskets full of leftovers. See, even Jesus wanted to pack up the leftovers. And the reason was to show the disciples that he cared about them as well. The disciples had been working all day. They were just as hungry as the people. And as they go around and they're picking up all the leftovers, there is one basket for each of them. So follow this. The disciples have five loaves and two fish. When everyone is fed, they actually end up with more than they started with. And I want you to understand this. Don't think when you surrender to God, you will end up with less than you started. The world says to look out for you and protect what is yours. But Jesus' kingdom math says, surrender what I have given you and watch and see. I will multiply it for others and still take care of you. See, God's math is different from our world's math. And in this moment, Jesus is showing his provision for the disciples. And we are told there are 12 baskets full. Now, the word for basket is not a big basket. It's actually more like a lunch pail. So not only did Jesus perform the miracle through the hands of the disciples, not only did he provide for them, there are even enough leftovers that the disciples are able to take a lunch pail with them. We actually read in the Gospel of Mark, you can look this up later, that after this miracle, Jesus sends the disciples out onto the lake and then they face another huge storm. Jesus walks on the water to them. When he gets in the boat, the storm stops. And this is what we read in Mark 6, 51. They were completely amazed for they had not understood, some of your versions will say they had not considered the loaves and their hearts were hardened. See, the disciples had just witnessed Jesus feed 5,000 people. They had their lunch boxes sitting next to them in the boat, reminding them of what Jesus had accomplished through them. Yet again, when they faced the next obstacle, they didn't even consider what Jesus had done. They hadn't considered the loaves. I want us to understand this. God's answer to one obstacle prepares you for the next. If God did that in the past, he is able to do something again now in your current situation. What has God brought you out of and how has he provided for you? I've seen this in my own life. We have seen it in the history of Clearview Church over and over again. There have been many times when we have stepped out as a church in faith, taken on a challenge that was larger than we were. Each time God provided. 
In 2001, our Stainer site launched Lighthouse Christian Assembly in Wasaga Beach. Then the opportunity came for us to launch our site in Creamer, and so we stepped out again. Then the chance came to bring our Nottawa campus in as our third site, and then our Wasaga campus in as our fourth site to where we are today. No matter how things change, the principles stay the same. If we are attempting to do what we are able to do ourselves, we accomplish what we can accomplish. But if we are willing to step out in faith and attempt what God has called us to do, God accomplishes through us only what he can accomplish. So as I wrap up today, let me ask you a few questions. What are you trying to control that you actually need to surrender to Jesus? And I know if you're like me, you will think it isn't much. I don't think you're going to do much with me. We often look at what we have just as the disciples did. And we say, but we only have this Jesus. We need to listen to Jesus when he says, bring it to me. He's telling us to be faithful in what we have. He'll make it work. Please take this with you today. God can do more through your surrender than he can in your control. So here's the question for you. Are you being faithful with what God has given you? What is God asking you to do? What is it that you have in your hand? It may not look like much, but until you offer to Jesus, he can't use it. He can't multiply it. He can't bless it. What talent, what time, what commitment, what act of service, what financial commitment is God calling you to bring to him today? See, Jesus is not asking you to multiply what you have. He will do the work. He will bless it. What he's looking for are people who are willing to have the miracle occur through them. Maybe you were listening and it isn't simply what you have to offer that you think isn't good enough. It's actually you think that you yourself aren't good enough. So listen to me. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your mistakes. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your history. Jesus is waiting for you to come to him with whatever you have. He takes it, he blesses it, and he changes us when we surrender our lives to him. If that's you today, I encourage you to place your faith in Jesus and watch what he can do in your life. Why don't you join with me as we pray? God, I thank you that we can come to you. I thank you that you take small things and use them for your glory. I thank you that when we surrender ourselves to you, you mold us, you shape us, you make us more like you. I pray for my friends, wherever they're listening today, that they would surrender their lives to you, that they would place their faith in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, I pray you would remember Jesus' faithfulness and you would surrender all that you have and watch God work through you. Lord Jesus, we love you. In your name, amen. God bless you, my friends. If you have any questions, we would love for you to reach out to us. Take care.